Brother Merv, would you, would you say a prayer for us before we get started? Let's battle for prayer. Welcome Jake Miller's family from Ohio. I'm glad you're here, Brother Jake, with uh, us here in Missouri from the uh, Buckeye State of Ohio. How to be wise in 60 days. How to be wise in 60 days. That's the title of our uh, message. We want to look at that. I am so glad that God gives us uh, tips on how to be wise. If you're like me, you want to be uh, smarter, uh, whether you're a man or a woman, you're a boy or a girl. Is it safe to say well, all of us would like to be smarter and wiser in 60 days from now? Good, yeah, me, me too. And I am thankful that we have a, a good God who is just l willing to lavish on us uh, much smartness and wisdom. And I say 60 days because the expression that it takes 60 days to uh, form a habit 30 days to break a habit. So the idea would be here, brothers and sisters, if you uh, become smarter in 60 days, that you just continue that habit the rest of your life. Because who doesn't need to be smart every single day you wake up? You have numerous decisions you make. You want them to be wise, smart decisions, don't you, as a Christian? So this is for all ages, and I'm glad that we get to uh, discover some uh, helpful tips from God himself. And number one tip... You might even guess this. Is read Proverbs daily, the book of Proverbs. Read it while you're drinking coffee. Read it while listen to it while you're driving. Read it when you're uh, in the at bed at night. Read it when, all, when you're all by yourself. Uh, read it when you're on break. Read it to your children. Listen to it when you have uh, a chore to do that doesn't take much uh, thought. Read it, read it, read it. <laughs> and why is that? It's a great question. Well, first of all, number one reason is the uh, wisest man beside Jesus, uh, Solomon, wrote the book. And so, it, in fact, I want to invite you to open that book, book of Proverbs uh, with me. Chapter 1, the introduction of the book, tells us a very important thing about this uh, book. It's written by Solomon. And you know Solomon, he asked for wisdom. And God said, you're, you were wise for asking for wisdom. Because you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you that and much, much more. And Solomon was the man who made a very wise decision when there were two women arguing over whose child it was. Solomon was clever, smart, gifted. And he said, okay, the, uh, they're both arguing which child is theirs. I want the child's cut in half. And that was shocking. Wow, what, what's he doing? And, and then um, to find out, the real mother steps forward and says, give the child to this woman. Don't kill the baby. And Solomon knew, and by then everybody else knew, this man's wise. So I am willing to take advice from that man, not so much in his later life, of course, but for many, many years, Solomon had, had it all. He had the wisdom, and we can, we can benefit from this. Let's see what Mr. Solomon has to say to us about the value of wisdom, because it, as we think about making habits of being wise every day, it is helpful to know where to go, where, where do we, uh, what, what is wisdom, uh, what, what's so special about it, why do we need it, and Proverbs answers all those questions. Uh, 
probably most of you read the book of Proverbs, but just do it again. Read it more, more, more. Okay, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. That, my first point was that's, you know, it's Proverbs. It should be read every day. Solomon wrote it. We know that. But then here, he gives us, if you will, almost like some guarantees of what will happen if you, if you study these Proverbs. Let's see how many reasons he gives us. Let's do it. Number one is to know wisdom. Did you see that? Uh, so if you read the Proverbs and, of course, heed it. Don't just read it and, and uh, ignore it. But if you read it, brothers and sisters, you will get wisdom. I look up this word here. It's a, it sounds like a fun Hebrew word. Uh, I'm going to have us say it together. I hope I'm pronouncing it right, but we'll, we'll say it together. Um, and when you say it, I want you to think of this term because this is a neat word. In fact, uh, Jesus himself had the spirit of this word. The word is chachma. Uh, Everybody say that together with me. Chachma. You want to have chachma in your life. Now, that's just a Hebrew. It uh, means skillful wisdom. So it's not just wisdom, but it's uh, chachma. And if you're drinking your coffee in the morning and and you're reading the book of Proverbs, and somebody says, what are you doing? I'm getting my daily chachma. They might think you're uh, talking about a fancy coffee or something exotic, but it's it's just skillful wisdom. It's chachma. And it says in Isaiah 11, Yeshua, Messiah, he had this spirit of wisdom. And you know what's interesting? I wanted to find an example just because examples are a great way to illustrate uh, skillful wisdom. An example is found of a woman who had chachma, and it was in a very difficult situation. We don't even know the name of this woman. It's in, it's in the Bible. But she had to confront a man who was perhaps the most, most ruthless man in Israel, Probably the most powerful man at the time, more powerful than King David himself, and that was King, uh, the general Joab. And let's look at this story because it, it describes this woman as having this chachma. And 2 Samuel 20, it, just, it gives us uh, an insight into what kind of skill you get to have if you read Proverbs every day. Uh, 2 Samuel chapter 20. Before we get to verse 15, I'm just going to highlight verse 15 for a few verses after that too. Uh, Before we get to that, summary, uh, this time period, Absalom has just been killed by Joab. Joab, you didn't mess with him. Everybody was told, uh, do not kill the young man Absalom, and Joab didn't care. I I suspect he didn't care because no one was going to stop him. Uh, He was was out to get revenge. He killed Absalom. Not only that, there was another rebellion. If you recall... uh, Things were such in turmoil. David comes back, but guess what? There's another rebellion. This man, Sheba, he leads a revolt against David. So now there's another battle. There was already a civil war. It was stopped. Absalom's men were defeated. But on top of that, there's another uh, civil war. This man, Sheba, he takes a bunch of of the men, and they they go off. uh, They don't want to follow David. Now Joab, he takes over, and he proceeds to kill another uh, a man ruthlessly, Amasah, a, a relative of Joab, just simply because out of, out of a rivalry, I think David was going to appoint him to uh, a position in his army. And while this man is uh, dying, wallowing in his blood, the armies of Israel march. I guess they have to see this scene. This, this is a, uh, just like a, a gruesome scene. But what happens is Joab is out to uh, smash anybody who's on Sheba's side. And what Sheba does, this rebel, he escapes into Abel of Beth Maka, it's a, t- a city, 
And Joab is going to siege it, and he's going to destroy, he's gonna destroy this, this uh, weak little town, and it's not going to be pretty. So tough situation. I don't know if the people in the city knew what was going on. They, they may have had some responsibility, they, but they were harboring the, re, the rebellious leader. Anyways, back to just when we want to highlight the, this woman. We don't know her name, but she cries out in verse 16. Hear, hear, say I pray unto you, Joab, come near hither that I may speak with thee. Somebody better do something because this whole city is going to get uh, slain with a sword. And Joab is willing to listen to this woman. And when he was come near unto her, the woman said, Art thou Joab? And he answered, I am he. Then she said unto him, Hear the words of thine handmaid. And I just want to stop right there. Do you notice how she calls Joab, uh, she called herself the handmaid of Joab. That's, that's, that was wise because she's uh, deferring to a mighty, uh, ruthless man and she knows... Uh, she had better do something to, to try to save her city. He answered, I do hear. So he's willing to give this woman uh, an audience. Then she spake, saying, They were wanting to speak in old times, saying, They shall surely ask counsel at Abel. This is the town that she's in. And so they ended the matter. So she's using skillful wisdom to say, We have some smart people here. And Joab was willing to listen further. She's trying to get a very uh, upset man. They're, they're just going to burn the city up and kill all the people. Because Sheba's in there. That's all that matters to Joab. He's not really thinking uh, very compassionately. Verse 19, I am one of them that are peaceable and faithful in Israel. So she's saying, I'm one of these uh, people that that you should listen to. Thou seekest to destroy a city and a mother in Israel. So she appeals to, this is smart, she appeals to uh, Joab that you wouldn't kill a, a helpless mother, would you? But he actually was just a few moments ago. Why wilt thou swallow up the inheritance of Yahweh? And Joab answered and said, Far be it, far be it from me that I should swallow up or destroy. The matter is not so, but a man of Mount Ephraim, Sheba, the son of Bichri by name, hath lifted up his hand against the king, even against David. Deliver him only, and I will depart from the city. I don't think that was Joab's original plan, do you? Uh, he, but he seems to be changing his uh, strategy as he listened to his help, the skillful wisdom of this woman of Abel. And the woman said unto Joab, Behold, his head shall be thrown to thee over the wall. Then the woman went unto all the people in her wisdom. This is a chachma. In her chachma, they all believed, agreed with her, and she was able to save a whole city simply by wisdom. Maybe you will be faced with that soon, later. Maybe you faced it this week of a very difficult situation, and you need wisdom. And Solomon tells his brothers and sisters that his first reason for reading the book of Proverbs, you'll get that chachma. You'll get it. Number two reason to read Proverbs. I'm going to go back to Proverbs 1. Okay, are we all with this? Are we, uh, you follow me so far? Number one was just read Proverbs. And, I'm going to, and we're looking at Solomon's reasons for why you should read his, his Proverbs. Um, to know wisdom. To, and then secondly is instruction. This word is a word that would uh, refer to discipline chastisement, rebuke, correction, which results in education, warning, as uh, an advice given by a father to a child, or I say a mother to a child. Uh, it's repeatable warning. So it's, I get the picture of stuff that you should, you should know, but it has to be re- repeated to you. <laughs> Have you ever had a parent tell you things over and over and over and over again? <laughs> yeah. And did you ever notice, even as a grown-up, or those of you who haven't grown up, uh, maybe even uh, you can kind of relate to this, though, as you, as you get older, that those sayings just stay, they stay uh, implanted in your brain. I, I can still hear my mom saying, uh, wise may listen to the counsel, Josh, and, and I might, 
As a boy, you say, yeah, okay, mom. Or uh, whatever you do, do it heartily with all your might. I mean, these are just verses she would quote, but she, dr- she would drill it into us. I don't know if she even realized the impact that she had on my actual brain to recall these things. And this would be what instruction is. And actually, Solomon, most of his advice, if you'll notice it, brothers and sisters, most of the advice is as if it's from a parent to a kid, a parent to a son, a daughter. And that's what this word instruction uh, is seemingly uh, about, too, is uh, stuff you should already know. We're going to be reminding you. So as you read Proverbs, instead of saying, well, I've read this book uh, 30, you know, 50 odd times in my life, read it again. Just like uh, your parent has to tell you over and over, do this. Uh, it's a reminder because we are, uh, we are in need of being reminded of things. The third thing Solomon says, uh, so we're, we're kind of just given, uh, we're given these reasons here. So he says, uh, wisdom, instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. Look at that up. It's, it talks about moral discernment. So we're, we're kind of honing in here on wisdom and is not just being intellectually smart. I think you already know this, but it's, it's moral discernment, doing what's right and avoiding what's wrong. That's simple enough, right? Proverbs is full of that. Number four reason to, to um, verse three here, to receive the instruction of wisdom. That word wisdom there is prudence. Very similar to skillful wisdom, but it's, I guess, the idea of just being discreet and knowing how to handle a certain situation, but very similar. And then next several words are justice, judgment, and equity. And I was intrigued, but most of these words are very similar, and they they would just mean honesty, integrity, uprightness. Um, Like a, just just having a upstanding character, so kind of alluding to character. Then it goes on. Solomon goes on to say to give subtlety to the simple. I think I wrote down here self control or um, uh, one of those is self control, and I, I apologize. I, I don't know with it's subtlety or knowledge there and discretion. These are these are very closely related words. But I just counted in these, these four verses alone 10 reasons to study Proverbs. Study it on your own, actually, as you, as you look at the book of Proverbs. Study that. Uh, there are 10 good reasons to read that book every single day for the next 60 days. Uh, you, owe, you owe it to yourself to be a smarter man, woman, boy, or girl. All right. What's another good reason to... Uh, re- to um, learn from Proverbs here as we think about uh, becoming wiser in the next 60 days. Point number two, we looked at the, you need to read Proverbs. Actually, the whole Bible, uh, you should read it so often, of course. I was just honing in on Proverbs, but point number two is listen and learn from others. Uh, listening is, a, is, a, is an art of being attentive. In fact, uh, Solomon says as much in verse 5. After he gave all these reasons, you'll notice in chapter 1, you look, so look down there in verse 5. A wise man. Yeah, I want to be a wise man. We all, most of us raise our hands there. We want to be a wise woman, man. We want to be smart, quick on our feet. A wise man will hear. And that means listen attentively. Uh, listen attentively. Uh, your body language, you know, when we have two people talk to each other, you can kind of tell pretty quickly that someone else's body language, they, they've tuned you out, they're tired of listening. Um, it's pretty safe to say when someone is not interested, their body language gives it all away. But don't let that be true. Hey, don't let it be true of God's word. Go home and say, hey, I'm inspired. 
um, to be wiser. If you don't think it's wisdom, though, you'll just uh, simply, you know, I can't, if this is not wisdom to you, then I probably wasted my words on you. But I hope that you see Proverbs as as well, well worth your time to read and to obey. So wise men will hear, uh, listening attentively. Whether you listen to a parent, a friend, someone who you, who you disagree with, your boss, it pays to listen well. And not only that, but to repeat what you've been told. Uh, at the fast food restaurants, they will repeat their order. Why do they do that? Because they want to make sure they got it right. If they get it wrong, you might not come back. If we get it listening wrong to other people, we don't sense as, as, as it being as urgent, but it is. Solomon says a wise man will hear. So listen and learn. I say learn there because he goes on to say, we'll increase learning. Now, you, there's two ways you can take this. You can mean that by hearing, you'll increase your learning, or you can mean he's saying another thing. So there's two options there. You, you, bottom line is you should never stop being a learner. How you learn is by listening well. If you're proud and know-it-all, you won't listen well. Why would I listen to you? I know more than you, right? Most of us are default know-it-alls. <laughs> I, I don't know somebody who is uh, naturally a, just a gifted learner. Most people have to overcome that. You can do it too, though. Nobody has to say, well, I was just born this way. I just had this tendency to think of myself as better than everybody else. Stop it. You don't have to. You're a Christian. It's available to anybody if you just simply ask God. We're going to get to that too. We're going to get to asking God for... Oh, I have it right here. If any lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. So not only is God inviting you to listen, but he's... He's wanting you to ask, and he's willing to pour it on to you, as I said earlier. That's in the book of James, by the way. James is also dealing with wisdom. Have, when's the last time you asked for wisdom? Is anybody? I did it a few days ago. So, okay, uh, Joseph, what did, you, what did you ask for wisdom? Good for you. And, you know, when God answers that, you need to write it down. <laughs> we all need to, we all do, because God is just so willing. He's not, it's not as if God's saying, wait a minute, I don't know if I want to give you wisdom on this situation. You don't, you don't deserve it. No. But James says, let him ask of God, and God will give it to all men liberally. It's like when your child asks you for a hundred bucks, and you're, just, you're all too happy to give him the money. Well, we know we don't want to do that, but with wisdom, it's different. God will just pour it on you. Yes. But isn't it interesting, we, we people have a hard time um, obeying our parents. I'm talking about all, even growing up, there's something about um, the scolding of a parent or even maybe an older figure that just kind of grates on us as if they think they know more. And you know what, that's, that's something that young people, I'm going to zero in on you for, for a little bit, bit here, is that uh, don't let that hang you up. Learn from just... Just analyze, is what my parents saying good for me or bad for me? Is it lined up with God's wisdom or is it lined up with uh, the devil's wisdom? It's only going to be one of those two. So next time when your parents chide you for doing something, just ask yourself, are they actually making me doing something that's bad or naughty or are they actually trying to build character in me? There was a young man in Jeff City. His name was Noah, a very uh, smart young man, uh, Seemingly a very diligent man, but he had a problem, and that was drinking. Yes, and his parents pled with him. They, they knew he had a problem. They told him, you're, you're not allowed to have alcohol in our house. He lived in their home. But Noah thought he knew better. A few weeks ago, he was found dead, very sadly, with some alcohol on his person in, 
and the, the mystery is how did he die? Did he overdrink? Um, was there a drug in there? The bottom line is he didn't listen to his parents. How he wished he would have. If, if, if we could uh, interview him, I mean, he's, his life is over, and say, Noah, do you think your parents are right? He said, yes, but I didn't listen to them. Uh, it can be costly not listening to something you should know. That's the thing, children, uh, and even us, most of the time it's stuff you already know, right? And I, it's, it's stuff that you, it's not as if you're, you're questioning, well, is uh, getting drunk, is it really that bad? I'm not sure. I mean, he knew he would have known better. And the same goes for all of us. When we're, when we're chided and reminded not to do something or do, to, to do something, especially by our parents because they live with us, you know, young people, um, don't be cynical, but be, be very attentive that, you know what, I, gotta be, I want to be a smart guy. I want to be a smart girl. And if it means obeying my parents, so what? No one will look down. He will actually respect you. It was 110 years ago. This, this, uh, st- I'm going to share this story. Another young man, Jack Phillips, probably a smart guy. Chilly spring night on a uh, luxury liner. He was a wireless telegraph operator. And he took over a tired Harold Bride, and it was Jack's turn. 9.35 p.m., the steamer Misaba, nearby, on the, this is in the ocean waters, warns him there is icebergs in the vicinity. But Jack, he had already knew there had been uh, five or six previous warnings that day. What's another one? Instead of taking it to the captain, Jack just put it to the side. He had more important things to do, like uh, receive telegram, uh, to uh, transcript telegraphs from the uh, passengers on the boat and to also send them out. He was a very busy man. He didn't, he didn't really want to be bothered by another trivial warning about icebergs in the ocean. I mean, after all, this happens all the time. You just... He's just trying to do his job. He's a busy man. As would happen an hour and 20 minutes later, as Jack was working busily trying to do his job of uh, transcri- transcribing all these uh, telegraphs going back and forth. It's a big uh, ocean liner. The captain of the California ship, not so many miles away, sent a very important telegraph to Jack saying this. And it said it very loud. Our ship is... Stop it for the night. It was so loud in his ears. Do you know what Jack said? Jack said this, shut up, shut up, I am busy. And out of his anger, he turned that reception off to, so that he wouldn't have to be bothered by the Californian uh, ship because he had more important things to do. And brothers and sisters, in just 45 minutes later, uh, Jack was about to uh, come to grips with his foolish uh, decision not to listen to a, a, a warning from the, the Californian ship. An iceberg struck the Titanic. Within two and a half hours, hundreds of people died because Jack didn't bother to listen to a very serious warning. And, of course, it's a tragedy. Now, we, we would see the urgency of that, and how much is that true also for us as we are given urgent warning and we don't heed it in, in the area of sin. And Proverbs is a, is a great book to uh, help us not to do that. If he could have uh, been interviewed... At, after his, his death, he would have, I'm sure, said, I should have done it, 
No one else seemed to care, which was true. There was a spirit of complacency on the ship, but he had the responsibility and he didn't listen. So be sure to listen. And God's warning, when the Holy Spirit is sending you an urgent tug, don't do this sin, it's bad. Uh, are you going to be too busy like Jack Phillips and tune it out? Or are you going to be a wise son, daughter, young person, old person? It's, it, the choice is really yours. You can, you can make a foolish choice or you can make a wise choice. And I would just encourage you, as you if a temptation comes to you this week, think about that young man, that uh, wireless operator uh, plunged into the icy uh, sea of the North Atlantic and his uh, unwillingness, unwillingness to listen. All right, moving on. That was point two, is that if you want to be wise in 60 days, uh, practice the art of listening well and learning well. And uh, Solomon goes on to say in verse 6, you understand the proverb, the interpretation, the words of the wise, and their dark sayings. Now we're coming to our third point. So we talked about how Proverbs you should read every day, and two, you should be a good listener. The third point is have the fear of Yahweh, the fear of the Lord. And verse 7 there. And did you notice it's the beginning of wisdom? So it's just the start of it. But you've got to have it. If you don't, uh, you won't be a smart, wise uh, boy or girl, man and woman. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Do you notice here how you have a choice? I think it's super clear you have a choice to be foolish or wise. In fact, if you go on and study Proverbs, even look at chapter 2, uh, my son, if thou wilt receive my words, if you incline thine ear into wisdom, yea, if you cry out for knowledge, if you seek her as silver, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And, and the fear of the Lord is not just, uh, it's not just fearing God, but it's also the hating evil. Proverbs 8 says it well. I'm turning there. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. This is 8.13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy in the evil way. And the froward mouth do I hate. So when you, when you want to be, uh, in 60 days, develop the uh, art of hating evil, fearing God. I was at the uh, University of Columbia a few days ago, and a man told me, he said, you are fear-mongering. You're making people fear, fear God. I said, I do want them to fear God. Because then they'll stop sinning. But of course, we're not meaning fear as in like, oh, I'm scared, is he going to strike me down? No, but your fear is that you don't want to disobey God. And that is, that's huge in being a wise young person, old person. Also, I noticed an interesting thing about fearing God is, is how close it's tied to having faith in God. The two are, al- are almost interchangeable. It's, if someone's a God-fearer in the Bible, it's, it's as if they, they have the right faith in God to save them. Faith has always saved you. It's never been, never been by works, but it is the, the faith of God. The faith in God is what pleases him. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. As I said earlier, if you don't think this is, uh, this is really wisdom, then, then you really aren't going to be inspired to uh, follow the course. But God wants you to believe in him and, because the demons believe, but they, they don't think he rewards them. Uh, Adam and Eve believed in God. I don't think they believed that there was a reward coming for obeying him. But it says he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You can do it. You can seek God diligently any old age. doesn't matter. Uh, Brother Jonathan talked about a relationship with God. That is uh, huge. You can pray to God. God can 
speak to you through his word, the Holy Ghost promptings. It's awesome. We can do that. I just noted here, real, and just and briefly, just going to touch upon uh, when you read the Bible, think about wise people like in the book of Genesis. <laughs> There's a lot of foolish people, but there is a wise man. That was Joseph. He had discretion. He didn't go to Potiphar's wife. He was a godly man. And I just contrasted that with a bunch of other foolish people in, in the book of Genesis. You had Adam and Eve, Shechem and Dinah. Shechem uh, took a woman for himself before they got married, and uh, Dinah seemingly went with it too. And they reaped terrible consequences. Jacob's other sons were very, very, very foolish. They slaughtered men in their anger. Uh, Reuben went to his father's concubine, wicked things. Um, Judah slept with his daughter-in-law unknowingly. So a bunch of foolish actions. Uh, look at Lot's wife, Lot's children, Lot himself. And so, <laughs> if nothing else, as you read the Bible, don't copy foolish people, but copy Wise people, and glad Joseph stands out as a, as a shining light of, of a godly person. And you know, it didn't happen by accident. Joseph had to make some tough choices. The easy thing would be, the easy thing is to do what these other people did. It's just to give in to your indulgent uh, lust, selfishness. You know what, too? Uh, Solomon himself, this is, this is it seems so uh, tragic that we were, were invited to read about Solomon's wisdom when he, when he squandered that wisdom because he loved foreign wives. He was, I, he was so foolish, I don't even know that I can say he went to heaven because uh, it just clearly, I was studying it in Kings, he clearly was idol-worshipping, and God said, you turned away from me. Another foolish man was Jeroboam, and God was going to give this other young man who was more, at the time, more responsible than Solomon, and Jeroboam had a chance, and you know what? He squandered it too. God said, if you obey my command, it's so clear. He saw Solomon, and Jeroboam did this. Very similar thing. He disobeyed God and followed idols. And God said, I, was gonna build, I would build you a sure house. Instead of Jeroboam being this uh, godly uh, example, contrasted with Solomon, instead Jeroboam was one of the worst kings. He says, this king is, uh, did just as bad as Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, did. So he, had, he lived in infamy rather than uh, a, an honorable man. He died a dishonorable man. And then Rehoboam. About as foolish as you can get. He squandered good advice from his old men who said, hey, be kind to your people. Solomon messed up. And Rehoboam said, I'm going to listen to the young men. And that was hindsight, very, 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 very foolish. So as you read these brothers and sisters, these stories in the Old Testament is to not do the foolish things, but do the wise thing. Another thing I like about Proverbs, by the way, we're talking about the fear of God. And Proverbs helps you identify people who don't fear God. That makes sense. If you if you around people who don't, if you see people who don't fear God, you you would actually uh, you want to stay away from them because they could influence you. They could uh, get, bring you down. And and I wrote down some people. <laughs> Number one, avoid criminals. You might say, Joshua, where is that in the uh, book of Proverbs? And I'll show you. Turn to Proverbs two, verses eleven and twelve. And let's see what Solomon has to say here about uh, the benefits of wisdom. Discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, to deliver thee from the way of the criminal man. That's actually what the word means. From the man that speaketh forward things. Now, we didn't get to it, but uh, you'll recall in chapter 1, um, Solomon, after giving all these great benefits of, of uh, wisdom and how you should hear the instruction of the fa your father and, and do not forsake the law of your mother, 
They shall be an ornament of grace around their head and about your neck. And then, then Solomon had said, and I'm, I'm just kind of backing up here. I'm sorry, I, want, I didn't uh, mention that earlier. But my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. How could criminals entice you? <laughs> well, notice what they say. They, they say, you can join us. We're going to have some fun. We're going we're gonna to get a bunch of good stuff for free. And it involves killing. And their appeal to a young person who doesn't have discretion is um, lust, greed, selfishness. So young person, if you're around somebody who uh, inspires lust, greed, or selfishness, stay away. Because Solomon says the ways of everyone, these criminals, it's, they're greedy of gain. Verse 19, which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. So it leads to destruction to them. I've never seen a, a, uh, a criminal stay a criminal and then write a good book to tell about how wonderful it is. It's usually someone who, who leaves that lifestyle, and then, and then you are inspired to... Uh, to overcome like they did. But it, uh, it does not end well. But Solomon says, now we're, we're going back to chapter 2, or going to chapter 2 here. It says, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man or the criminal, from the man that speaketh forward things. So in your mind, you've just been thinking about uh, not following these bad, this bad gang of people. And so, stay away from criminals. Another group of people to stay away from, uh, folks, is the scorner. That's right, a scorner is a proud person. Uh, God scorneth scorners, but he giveth grace to the lowly. So a scorner is the opposite of a humble person. I think of the people who scorned Jesus when uh, he healed Jairus' daughter. He, said, he told them, get out of here. They were scorning what he could do, and they missed an awesome miracle. Uh, another, word, another type of person to avoid is fools. That's that's throughout the, the book of Proverbs. And so these people, criminals, scorners, and fools, should be uh, avoided. And then um, the biggest fool of all would be the devil himself. And now why I mention the devil? Because James talks about wisdom that is earthly, sensual, and devilish. You might say, well, I don't want to follow the devil's wisdom, but yet that's what he's doing. He is, uh, he's out to uh, get you to do bad things. He's like that uh, gang leader who's trying to seduce you to do wrong. And uh, James says it's, he calls it wisdom, but it's, it's devilish wisdom. So when we think of foolishness, we, we wonder, how do people do such foolish things? Why don't they fear God? We, we do want to remind ourselves that the devil makes something foolish seem wise, and we want to catch that. And the enticement is an appeal to your selfishness, your selfish desires. Because let's face it, it's, it's fun being selfish, and, and it's harder to do right. Okay, we're, we're near the end. Um, by the way, too, oh, I wanted to share one, one quick story of Ben Carson before we get to the closing here. Uh, I was reading his book recently. I was impressed, too, how his mother drilled things into his mind about hard work. And young Ben, when he went to college, uh, we remember how we were talking about uh, these words of Pro- Proverbs about how you'll be upright, justice. Ben was in a college class, and the professor had a note saying, the, uh, your test has been canceled. You're going to have a different test instead. And take this one, please. And Ben sat down. And all the students in this class realized this test was a lot harder. It didn't seem fair. And one young man piped up. He said, I'm, I'm not taking this test. It's not fair. This, I'm going to just leave out of the classroom and tell the professor I, was, I didn't hear the note, see the note. And everybody agreed with this guy. They all left except for one person. That was Ben Carson. He stayed and did the, the test. Was, it was super hard. He, he was, but he, he was... Uh, he had been trained, and he received the training to be an honest young man. 
And soon after that, the professor walked in and the cameraman, and they said, congratulations, they came to Ben Carson all by himself, and he was in this classroom by himself. The professor said, congratulations, you are the only winner. I was, it was a test to see who was the honest person in this class. I guess there's only one. <laughs> and that was a very formative, you know, very uh, good sense of accomplishment. Now, we, we know him as a famous a physician, a brain surgeon, but those little choices he made uh, helped form his character. And just like they, they talked about, too, in this book, the author of one of his first jobs in college was picking up trash. But he was so effective and efficient, he was able to uh, uh, get workers to, he was inspiring them to work from just doing some menial work. And he was uh, clever and smart, but he, he gave them inspiration to get the job done faster. And I bring all, I mention all that because today's situation, you might be doing some work that seems pretty menial, but take heart, God is uh, training you for something even greater, and that's if you're faithful in the little things, you'll be, you'll be uh, awesome in the bigger things. And the little things are important. If Ben Carson had uh, cheated on his test, I don't know if we'd even know of this guy. Maybe it would have turned downhill for him, and that could be the same for you, too. If, if you uh, pass this test that nobody else saw, and then God spurs you on to uh, greater things. And, and Okay, the review here. We're, uh, number one, daily Proverbs reading in Chachma. That's the... Skillful wisdom that God will, will, would give you. He pro actually, Solomon promises that. Unless Solomon's lying, uh, you'll get that in nine other things more. Study those nine things. Number two is to be a good listener and, and a, a continual learner. Uh, that means being teachable, humble. God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. And number three is to fear God. That's the beginning of wisdom. And it doesn't just mean obey God, but it means to shun evil, bad, bad stuff. Uh, don't be the, like the scorner, the fool, the criminal who really has contempt for those things. But be a wise uh, young man, boy, young, woman, young girl, and you will be much happy. And not only that, after 60 days, continue it on. Don't just let it stop there, but go on for uh, greatness. We'll, we'll close with that. Uh, let's, let's see. Uh, we'll have a, let's have a prayer, and then we'll turn it over to the closing. Father, you are uh, a good God and are willing to uh, pour out wisdom if anybody asks to hear it. Just pray that people will ask it and uh, be doers of the word. Thank you for the book of Proverbs. It's, it's still relevant for today. I was just thinking how if every uh, government school had a class on Proverbs, just thinking how, how much that would change society as the, the young people would get wisdom and, and live godly lives and help us to be uh, students of your word and students of each other, be good listeners, and to fear you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.